Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Join us every other Wednesday when we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science, as well as the ins and outs of Good Dog and how our platform can help you successfully run your breeding program. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Dog Pod, where we discuss all things related to canine health, research, how Good Dog helps breeders run their breeding programs, and so much more. I'm Nicole, the breeder community lead here at Good Dog and your host for this week's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about a really amazing and important part of what Good Dog offers that many breeders actually may not be familiar with, which is our buyer support team, otherwise known as Good Dog's care team. Many of you are familiar with our Good Dog Specialist team, which is the 24-7 concierge support we offer our good breeders, but we also offer the same thing on the buyer side of things as well. I'm joined this week by Melissa, the manager of Good Dog's incredible care team, and together we'll share more about the ways our care team helps support buyers on your behalf and share some insider tips on what buyers coming to Good Dog are looking for as they begin their puppy journey. So Melissa, can you tell our listeners what you do here at Good Dog? Yeah, thank you, Nicole. So I am, as Nicole mentioned, the manager of Good Dog's care team, meaning I spend my time supporting our buyers succeed in their puppy search and all in all have a phenomenal experience using our platform and taking home a dog or really a new family member. I also forgot to mention for our listeners that we are related by our dogs, Melissa's dog and my dog. I guess you would say they're siblings, right? They have the same parents, but they're just born a few years apart. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very funny. In the huge world of all dogs that exist, ours are somehow related. So very fun fact about the two of us. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share a little bit more about the care team and how they support good dog buyers? Of course. So the care team focuses on providing outstanding and truly personalized support for our buyers. So we work really hard to provide really high quality and again, really personal responses to any and all questions that come up. We work to resolve any issues that might arise and focus on finding solutions that will exceed our buyer's expectations. Finally, we do our best to generally enhance our puppy buyer's experience. So whether this is through answering questions or solving their issues, providing education or guidance, we just want to make sure good dog buyers have a really great experience every step of the way. Amazing. So that's, of course, the way that you really support good dog buyers. And I think it's, I agree with you, something really unique that we offer. But I'm curious how the work of the care team helps support our breeders as well. Yeah, you know, this is such a great question, Nicole, because even though our focus is on supporting good dog buyers, it really does have a direct impact on how we support our breeders. So we are a 24-7 option for good dog buyers who might have questions about completing a payment or using good dog in any way. So we're here to support breeders by helping support their buyers. We can be a source of education for buyers, so they're really prepared to work seriously with a breeder when they do find the right breeder for them. We're a resource for buyers who might have questions about why breeders require deposits, especially non-refundable deposits, or why buyers who have questions about why some breeders won't allow them in their home to visit their puppies and parent dogs, or just general questions about contracts or what a health guarantee means generally, and then also just what goes into raising responsibly bred dogs and some of the costs associated with that. 
I'm so glad you mentioned those specifically because I know that can be sometimes a really difficult topic for breeders to navigate with their buyers and really set those expectations right off the bat. And we really want to be here at Good Dog as a resource to help buyers be educated even before they're getting in touch with you. So we also have a learning center for buyers to go to to learn about things like Melissa just mentioned, like why breeders might require a non-refundable deposit. So I'll link out to that in the show notes in case any breeders listening to this want to use that as a resource for buyers that are starting to speak with them. But yeah, we're really just here, as Melissa said, to be support for you so that you don't ever have to navigate these relationships with buyers alone and just know that we're always in your corner to support you in that way. And I'm curious if you can share a little bit more about what the care team can be a resource for with buyers. Definitely. So of course we can give a general idea of how Good Dog works and what buyers can expect using our platform. And then getting a little more specific, we can share how payment on Good Dog works. As Nicole mentioned, we never want breeders to feel like they have to answer any questions that they might not know the answer to or might be a little uncomfortable answering. So our care team is here as a resource for the breeder to be able to direct Good Dog buyers to at any time. If you ever do need support from the care team as a breeder, you can always reach out to the incredible Good Dog Specialist team, and then that team will coordinate with us internally, and we'll make sure that the buyer gets the help that they need. We can also address questions about fees and the benefits of protection and support. Our team works closely with Nate, our staff veterinarian, and Abby, our puppy training coach, and with Abby, we're able to you know, point buyers towards the awesome puppy training program, which helps good dog buyers turn into great owners. So breeders know their pups are going to be cared for for life. Amazing. Yeah. I love that you talk specifically about payment on good dog and the benefits of protection and support, because I think the really great thing is that there are so many numerous benefits associated with protection and support, but we don't ever want breeders to feel like they're in this position to list all of them because there are so many. I think now we have discounts with all of our partners on puppy essentials. We have access to the puppy training program, like you mentioned, protection on their payment. So it is quite a list of things that we never want you as the breeder to feel like, you know, you have to get all of them right so that your buyers understand the benefits of protection and support. Our team, of course, really understands how payment on good dog works, how the fee option works, how the no fee option works. So we are always here as that resource to help educate your buyers on your behalf, especially about things not related to your litters, because of course you are the experts on that. And we're kind of here as the supplements to talk all about how good dog works. So really excited that we can be that resource for you. A really great thing about the care team is also that you get to help buyers who are on the start of their good dog journey. So I think, you know, what we just discussed is how you help buyers that are already in the thick of things with their good dog journey. Maybe they have questions about, you know, how they're getting their puppy home, how they're completing those final dog payments. But I know that you get tons of emails and calls from buyers who are just looking to get started. They're not even sure where to begin. So what are some of the first things you see buyers asking for as they begin their puppy search? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, such an exciting thing that we as a care team get to be a part of. A lot of times what we see buyers asking for in the beginning of their search is hoping to find a breeder that's local to them. 
Also hoping to find specific pricing information, making sure that they can find a puppy that works within their budget. And then we're able to provide some context on what those prices do look like and share a little education for buyers. And then, you know, buyers are always looking for specific colors or attributes or things that make each of your breeders' dogs or puppies so special. So those are some of the things that we hear that buyers are looking for as they do start that search. Yeah, it's been super interesting because, you know, I'm not part of the care team, but I have been able to observe a few of those emails coming in with buyers that are just looking to begin their search. And it's really interesting to see what specifics they already have in mind and then what things they're, of course, still open to. So I think male or female puppies is a huge preference as well. But the local availability aspect that you mentioned was super interesting to me, just how important that is to buyers. And also buyers, again, are very open to learning about different transport options. So I don't think that's ever like a hard stop for them, but it is so interesting to see just how important local availability is to them, specific colors, like you mentioned, specific attributes. So yeah, it's very cool to see kind of what people are looking for as they get on Good Dogs Landing page, don't really know where to begin. And the care team just does such a great job of finding programs to recommend to buyers and really just get them started on that journey. So Melissa, from your buyer side perspective, what are some of the most important things breeders should keep in mind when they're adding information to their good dog profile? So photos is a huge one. Buyers want to see photos of puppies, photos of sires, photos of dams. They're so excited about having a puppy join their family and of course want to see how cute that puppy is and see what the sire and dam might look like to get an idea of what the puppy might look like as they grow up. And then up-to-date information, so whether that's pricing or just really as much information about your program and your puppies, buyers want to know as much as they can to make sure that they're a good fit for your program and for your puppies. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned the point about sires and dams because I was actually speaking to someone this weekend, ironically enough, who was looking, I believe, for a Vishla puppy, and he had mentioned that he was looking at a breeder's profile who had unexpected litter on the way. So, of course, they don't have photos of those puppies just yet, but they shared photos of the sires and dams instead, which I think is a really good workaround, of course, when you don't have puppy photos to share. And he said it was so helpful because, you know, you don't have a puppy forever, unfortunately, but you want to see what they look like as an adult. So he said that visual of what mom and dad look like is super helpful. So I just thought that might be helpful for some breeders listening to this that might panic, like, I don't have any photos to add yet. My litter is not born. You really can say so much about your program with just your sires and dams and also photos of your past puppies as well. Okay, we're going to take a brief pause from this episode's interview to bring you the latest edition of our Good Dog Pod mailbag, where we answer our community's questions about canine health, behavior, how Good Dog works, and more. So to answer this week's questions, I'm joined by Good Dog's Dr. Ritter, and we will kick things off with a question from our community member named Kathy of Carousel Corgis. And Kathy is wondering if you have any suggestions for coprophagia. I hope I pronounced that correctly, but please correct me if I'm wrong, otherwise known as eating feces. No, well done with the pronunciation, coprophagia. So VIN, it's the Veterinary Information Network. They actually have a fantastic article online for anyone interested in learning more about this topic, but I'll discuss some of the information that's kind of, you know, shared within that. So a lot of pups 
may grow out of this behavior on their own. But if they don't, you may need to seek guidance to help them because it's important to understand why this may be happening. I mean, there are a couple of different reasons that that might be the case. Sometimes medical issues can once in a while lead to a dog eating feces, even if they normally wouldn't or never did before. Some examples can include nutritional deficiencies or actually certain types of conditions can result in this, where an individual is eating inappropriate things or the body thinks it's hungry when it's actually not. So definitely be sure to speak with your veterinarian if this is occurring to determine if that's the case. They may take a thorough history, do a physical exam, discuss if there's any diagnostic testing that may need to be done. If that's not the case, so if there's not thought to be any underlying medical cause, many pets eat feces because of a behavioral issue. It definitely seems to be more common than the medical ones, but you want to rule that out to ensure we're not missing anything. While coprophagia is not a major medical concern, there are risks. So if your pet's you know, engaging in this type of behavior, they're at higher risk for infection with certain diseases due to ingesting feces, or they could actually even accidentally absorb medication from an animal that was taking said medication and defecated. That can rarely occur, but definitely something to keep in mind. With this, you want to avoid letting your dog lick you. You want to be washing your hands frequently until this problem is under control. Understanding the cause helps in choosing the appropriate actions to take to stop this from occurring. So it's also important to remind yourself that this is a difficult habit to break. Patience and trying many tactics can provide the most likely improvement. Your veterinarian should be able to help you with tips and strategies as you work through the problem. Some things to think about there, picking up feces as soon as possible, always having the dog on a leash so you can pull them away from any feces that might be out there. Wearing even a basket muzzle if they're adamant and going after it is something that protects them from eating you know, unknown objects. Or your vet can even refer you to a veterinary behaviorist or a trainer. And just as a reminder regarding training, should always use positive reinforcement when working through this or really any training for that matter. Amazing. Thank you for helping answer that one. And then we have another one from Danny of Gila Shih Tzu. Are there any developmental differences between small and large breed puppies? Yeah, so absolutely. Depending on the breed or type, dogs can keep growing for anywhere up to 24 months old, with larger breeds tending to reach maturity later than smaller dogs, as you might expect. Skeletal growth is what determines how large or tall a dog will become. The long bones grow from what we call growth plates. The growth plates are somewhat flexible and soft during puppyhood while that new tissue is forming. As pups grow, this new tissue hardens into bone. When the growth plates have stopped producing new tissue, they're considered closed, meaning they've stopped growing and the bone has reached its final size. So small breed puppies tend to stop growing between that six to 12 month mark. Medium breed puppies might take a little bit longer to grow, reaching their adult size around 12 months of age. Large to giant breed dogs usually stop growing between 12 and 24 months, usually more so between that 18 to 24 month mark. And there are some things to consider when your dog's growing. So you want to think about appropriate exercise regimens. So talk to your veterinarian there about what might be appropriate for your specific pup. And then also what to feed them, as there are diets that are specifically formulated for dogs of different breeds or different sizes to ensure that they're growing at an appropriate rate. So like I said, definitely make sure to include your veterinarian in that discussion. But there are certainly things to think about depending on what size breed of dog you have. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on here to answer those community questions. And thank you to everyone who submitted. If you'd like to submit a question for the chance to hear it answered during a future episode of The Good Dog Pod, you can find that submission form in our private Good Breeder Facebook group where we post it every single week. So if you are not already a member, please request to join that Facebook group so you can submit. Another thing I think that's really important to add when we were talking about how important local availability is to buyers that are coming to Good Dog and, you know, they're coming to Good Dog from all across the U.S., is making sure your zip code is added because the way our puppy search results work is they'll bring in breeders with available puppies that are closest to the buyer, depending on where they are. So I think that is such a small thing that you can add to your profile that has such a huge impact in how buyers find you. So yeah, Melissa, I'm not sure if that's something that you see as well with the search results that it pulls in, you know, breeders that are close to the buyer. And that's something that can just have a really big impact. Yeah, I completely agree. Again, like Nicole said, a small thing you can add to your profile that is just going to go such a long way with connecting you to a buyer who is really excited about taking the next step and finding a puppy with you. Yeah, definitely. So I think all of those things are super important to keep in mind when you're updating your good dog profile. And then beyond updates information-wise, what are some important things that breeders should keep in mind when they're getting to know good dog buyers and communicating with them? Because I know it's a really important next step after you get that initial message from an interested buyer to keep things going, to set expectations. So do you have any recommendations about how to move the conversation along after breeders get that initial interested message from a buyer? Definitely. So the nice thing is that any buyers that are finding a dog through Good Dog are already expecting that they'll need to make their puppy payments on Good Dog and communicate through Good Dog, especially early on as they're getting to know a breeder. So it goes a long way when breeders are comfortable with these processes, comfortable with using the platform as well. It really instills a sense of trust and confidence to potential buyers as they do continue their search. Also, you know, the recent rise in online scams is a top concern for buyers. A lot of them have read horror stories online, or unfortunately, some of them have been victims themselves to scams outside of Good Dog, and they might be hesitant to respond to messages that are sent outside of the platform. For example, if you're texting or sending messages through Facebook Messenger. So it can be difficult for breeders to continue their placement process again, outside of using Good Dog's messaging platform. So it really is so important to instill that trust to use our messaging platform when communicating with buyers. The next thing I'd say is having timely responses to buyer inquiries. So even if you have a lot of information on your profile, which as we already mentioned, highly recommend, buyers still have a lot of questions and want to get to know you and talk more in depth about this information. So we really recommend being as timely as possible. That being said, as a team, we always like to share that breeders focus is on caring for their puppies and like to give some context on why responses might take some time. But again, it just goes a long way for when responses are timely. And then I recommend sharing a overview of what buyers can expect in your process really early on. So always sharing next steps, timelines, et cetera, in your messages. So for example, if part of your process is to submit an application and then 
complete a deposit, share that with the buyer really early on, you know, let them know when they've reached out. The next step is that application and then completing that deposit request. And then setting expectations around things like non-refundable deposits, health guarantees, contracts, et cetera, early on and encouraging buyers to ask questions. It really just sets everyone up for success if you're really proactive about these types of conversations early on in the process or in the journey. Yeah, I think those are all really, really great things for breeders to keep in mind as they're having these conversations with buyers, getting to know them, seeing if they're a right fit for one of their puppies. And we actually did a podcast episode recently about how to talk to your buyers about non-refundable deposits. So we'll link to that in the show notes because we talk all about, you know, how buyers might not understand what this even means. They might not even know what questions to ask. So we have a bunch of suggestions on how you as the breeder can get those conversations going, making sure that they're asking the right questions. They have a full understanding of contracts they're agreeing to, all of that stuff, so that all of you are set up for success way down the line. So I'm glad you mentioned all of those, and especially glad that you talked about the importance of communicating through Good Dog. I think you know that's a huge reason why our team built such a comprehensive messaging platform, so that it is ultimately easier and safer for you and your buyers to get to know each other through Good Dog. And through our messengers, you can do things like, you know, send pictures, videos, send payment requests, send contracts for electronic signatures. But beyond that, we also make sure that we're reminding buyers to respond to your messages, because I know that's a huge area of anxiety for breeders when, you know, you've sent a message and you're not sure if the buyer received it or if they're going to answer So something we built into our messenger is read or delivered receipts. So on Good Dog, when you use our platform to communicate with buyers, you can see that your message has been delivered. And then you can also see if it's been read by the buyer, which I know is really important to breeders to just kind of confirm that that message is not lost in the internet and that it's made its way to the buyer. And then we also send buyers some nudges to remind them to respond to you. So we can send that via text and via email just to say, hey, you have a message from this breeder, make sure you respond, or you have a pending payment request from this breeder, make sure you fulfill it whenever you have a chance. So we do all of those things on your behalf. So again, that's one less thing that you have to worry about. You don't have to feel like you're pestering buyers at all. So we take care of that for you as part of the experience on our messenger to hopefully make things easier for you and your buyers who you know might've missed something. So I think that's another huge benefit of communicating on Good Dog is that we take care of those things for you. I'm curious, what's your favorite part about what you do? I feel like, you know, you work on such a different side of things than I do. I'm really close with our breeder side of things, but do you have a favorite part of the work that you do being on the buyer side? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it has to be that I get to be so involved in someone's journey, taking home a puppy and welcoming them into their family. It's genuinely so rewarding to be part of such a special moment in people's lives. And then I get to look at photos of adorable puppies all day. So you really just can't get better than that. You can't. And I feel like your team always gets those really nice emails from buyers saying like, oh, we found the best breeder to work with. We're going to be bringing so-and-so puppy home next week. I feel like that is the best part because you see kind of like the full part of all that we do at Good Dog Comfortable Circle with the puppy finding its right home and going home. So it is really great. (laughs) 
So I think you might have mentioned this, but just to reiterate it for our listeners, how can buyers reach the care team? Yeah, so they can reach us through phone, email, text, or through any of our social media channels. Amazing. And can breeders share that contact information with their good dog buyers that they're working with? Yes. And we encourage you to do so. So if you want to write it down, the phone number that you'll want to share is 855-446-6336. This is the same number that buyers can send text messages to. And then our email is help, H-E-L-P, at gooddog.com. Amazing. And we will drop that in the show notes as well, just so everyone has it. Thank you so much for being here, Melissa, and joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It was so nice to be here and so nice to speak with you, Nicole. Yay. I'm so glad. Well, thank you all for joining this week's episode of the Good Dog Pod and for tuning in. We really enjoyed this opportunity to kind of lift the curtain on our amazing care team and show all of you, especially our breeder listeners, what they do and share a little bit more about the behind the scenes work that's happening at Good Dog every day to keep our breeders and buyers safe and supported. Thank you all so much for joining us again, and we'll see you back here on October 4th for our next episode. Thank you for listening to The Good Dog Pod. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode, so be sure to subscribe to The Good Dog Pod on your favorite podcast platform.